we came to our world long ago, tis said, and now they're out there, in the depths of space, far away. Or maybe, they're under the sea, far below. There are the old ones, the oldest and the old, older than us, older, older. That is not dead, which can eternal lie, and with strange aeons, even death may die. Old Ones Productions. Quality art prints, t-shirts, and chess sets for horror and science fiction fans. Because you never know when you might need Cthulhu, Commander. Find us in the Lave Business Directory, or alternatively at www.oldonesproductions.com. Hello? Hello, Commander Powell. This is June from Cowlin McGrath. I'm calling about your accident. Oh, yeah, well, I can explain that. That Type 6 came out of nowhere. I didn't even see it. Yes, Commander. The pilot said you weren't looking left or right. Or up or down. Not even a glance. Just staring straight ahead. Well, you know what visibility is like in those new Diamondbacks. It's like having your neck in a brace. The pilot of the Type 6 doesn't think it's funny. He's got to wear one. Oh. Oh, dear. I regret to inform you, you will lose your no-claims bonus on this. Hey, I've been a customer of yours for years. One of our worst customers. Four counts of ramming, three counts for scraping paint off the dock entry, two counts of missing the pad, and one count of getting stuck in the toast rack. Oh. Tell me, have you ever considered an Ed Tracker? Ed Tracker, the low-cost tracking solution for Elite Dangerous and more. No drivers, no cameras, and lightning fast responses. Ed Tracker Pro. See what you're missing. This will be great for CQC. Track my targets, manoeuvre around objects, and I suppose if something really nice looking flies past, I can have a good stare. You still need to watch where you're going, Commander. Available from edtracker.co.uk and at LaveCon 2016. Ed Tracker intended for social, domestic, and pleasure use. Any use for racing, buckyballs, goat protests, or SRV rallies is entirely at your own risk. Commanders, and welcome to episode 114 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. 
I'm your host, second technician, Fozzer Forrester, and joining me in the orange sidewinder this episode, we have Lave Station's chief bar steward, Mr. Grant Psychocow Walcott. Hello! Good evening, sir. We also have our head of health and safety here at Lave Radio joining us. That would be Commander Aid Levice, otherwise known as Ben Moss Woodward. My mouth's on fire! <laughs> And of course, we have our chief archivist, the wonderful, the evanescent Mr. Commander Phoenix Defire, known as Colin Ford. Mmm, coffee. <laughs> Good evening, gentlemen. Welcome to episode 114. And I think it's going to be a cracking one because we've got all sorts of dev news to talk about. And we've also got some exciting stuff going on inside the game as well so if you wish you can join us live we're hanging out in game uh, we're actually at the moment we are rallying around the orange sidewinder which if you don't know by now is just around about somewhere in between the planet lave and also the lave station you can find it by just going and looking for the civilian broadcast detected icon uh, we're going to meet up here before we head off and start doing something very exciting which i'll come on to in just a bit and if you can't do that you can of course follow us via the irc chat channel which you can access through laveradio.com forward slash live and as always we're broadcasting on twitch.tv forward slash laveradio now before we get into the exciting stuff of the evening let's find out what exciting stuff the crew's been up to starting with grant i've been moaning and um in pain and basically moaning about being in pain and then still being in pain even though i moaned about it it didn't go away incidentally why is the orange sidewinder not orange i i was thinking that Surely you should have a LaveCon skin on at least. Anyway, yes, other than that, I've been doing some final editing, getting some stuff ready for LaveCon, dealing with deliveries of wonderfully exciting stuff that people can get at LaveCon, dealing with the Drabble shows, and doing some game footage stuff for a project that's quite exciting, um, and doing it in 4K, which is interesting, uh, because you can't kind of check your playback while you're recording it because it really is kicking the ass out of the processor. Um, but, but I've had some beautiful sort of sun, sunrises over Lave that I caught yesterday that I had to record. And my goodness, 4K is stunning. It really is. Um, other than that, it's just been, yeah, pretty much more of the, the same. I've been playing a bit when I can, um, I'm still struggling to sit down for lengths of time. So I started some um, walking yesterday with a, you know, take it easy, let's nice slow start, and did nearly 8k. Um, <laughs> but frankly, I got to that point of the day where the pain was just so much I couldn't f- stand around doing anything. So I figured I might as well do something that's worth, you know, good for me uh, and just went for a walk listening to music and didn't stop until I literally thought I was going to need to get an ambulance home <laughs> and, then and today, are you finding the I was going to say, are you finding the walking's actually helping the pain or not? Well, I think the pain from my feet afterwards just takes my mind off the fact that my leg's <laughs> sore um, no, actually it does, it loosens up everything quite nicely and fortunately the next morning um, was ten times worse Mm. So I had a real bad morning this morning, which meant I tried out your Couch to 5K app that you recommended today. Yep. And yeah, that, that put my heart rate through the roof. 
Yeah, the uh, the couch to five k. I've now what am I? It's a it's a nine week program. I'm now on week eleven, and I'm running probably about six six and a half k, something like that now. Uh, I'm actually really really enjoying it. Which <laughs> being a front row forward, you know, long distance running, I'm sure I said before, is never going to be one of my fortes. And I never thought I'd be one of these people that would actually enjoy it. But yeah, the couch to five k app that we got, uh, the one that I recommended to you, has got a a trainer which is uh, a zombie. So it's basically the idea is that he he's chasing you, uh, very similar to I think quite a few running apps out there that do something similar. But um, that's yeah, it's quite witty, it's quite funny. It kind of keeps it all sort of upbeat as you're blowing out of your backside, uh, running up hills and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean I highly recommend that to anybody who you know hasn't taken up running or would be interested in taking up running. Then the, the Couch to Five K apps are superb. But just to make sure that you start from the beginning and do exactly as it tells you to do. Don't think this is really simple, this is really easy, I'll jump onto week three because that's how you end up sort of burning out very quickly and, and getting bored or getting injured with it all. Well, I, I just found that I could, you know, taste cholesterol. <laughs> <laughs> You're sweating out your square sausage. <laughs> it was, it was, it was tough actually because it was, it was, it goes, bang, now start to run, and I'm thinking, I'm fucking crawling at the moment. <laughs> I have to stand yeah. up first. Then I'll think about it, and then two steps later, you're like going, "No, I have completely screwed. I'm covered in blisters, actually, so I need to go and deal with those." And then again tomorrow, I'll reach that point and just go, "No, nope, I'm going back out again." But it is. I mean, I enjoyed it when I did it before, mm-hmm. and it's only when real life stresses come in and really steal your motivation and then leave you with loads of excuses not to do it that you find the motivation to do it again is yeah impossible. But yeah, as as you say, you get to a point where it's raining and you actually feel kind of, I'm going to go out in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I'm just going to go out because that's what I do. That's what I do now. Mm. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, why don't you just quickly run us through the uh, the Drabble stuff? We're only obviously two weeks away from LaveCon. We'll we'll probably speak about LaveCon later on in the show, but just give us a quick update on what you're doing for the Drabble and what people who are going to the Drabble, <laughs> going to LaveCon, can expect from the Drabbles. Right. Well, it's actually going to be a, it's going to be quite interesting. Again, last year we did it, and I learned a very valuable lesson, which was giving people a form to write a Drabble on a weekend when there's lots of other stuff for them to do is mental. So I decided this time round we would release the entry forms a little bit earlier hand so that you can either email the, your entry in before you go to LaveCon. So all it, it just requires you to have a valid ticket for you to be able to enter. And the reason why you should is write a short story of 100 words exactly, and that's excluding the title, but we don't want any War and Peace titles that are just your preamble or <laughs> chapters 1 to 9. Um, it's got to be a fairly straightforward um, topic based in the Elite Dangerous Universe and... And the theme is engineers. I figured that was apt. Uh, so if you want to get your writing scripts done now, write your drabbles of 100 words with the theme of engineers. We have entry forms coming out by email that you can write on and bring with you completed. Or you can email your entries to the address on that form. And... Once we have all the entries in, we will pick our top 15 or so. We'll try and see how many we can squeeze in. And one will win a Kindle Paperwhite for their trouble at LaveCon, which is awesome, I think, anyway. 
I think it's a great prize, mate. No, it was a great prize last year, and I think it was a just a shame, as you say, you uh, you <laughs> you ask people to be creative and then applied them with alcohol. Now, I'm sure alcohol helps to a certain degree, but considering that we drank the bar dry last year, I think it probably gets to a point where you know too many brain cells are actually killed off and no drabbles got written. Well, it was that you know, do I go to the frontier panel or do I write a drabble? Do I go to this panel or do I write? Do I do some jugger or do I write a drabble? I kind of had them competing with something that takes a bit of time and I really appreciate the people that made the effort uh, to help and the people in the Drabble channel who helped me out by submitting some Drabbles for it too and also a big two fingers up to my brother for his Drabble which involves a game of hide and seek and literally went 99, 98, 96 and I could see all the numbers he'd scored out because he'd obviously written them all and then you know scored out all the ones and took him over a hundred words <laughs> it's just, you, know, you can be funny, you can be witty, you can be clever We've had gruesome drabbles, we've had hysterically witty drabbles We've had amazing, uh, just yeah, beautiful drabbles as well It is possible in 100 words, although it is a challenge And that's the point And then on Sunday we'll do a little live reading of them A bit of a carry-on And we'll have a winner during the raffle prizes towards the end of LaveCon And of course on the Saturday night we've got the Dockers live performance which is still being chopped. It's massive, we need to chop it down. So if you are a budding actor and you fancy doing a part in the most inappropriate um, show that you can imagine, then keep that in mind and come and join us late on Saturday night after um, some other activities. I think we were looking at the planner last week, weren't we? And we were kind of going, ooh, I want to do it all. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the Pokemon of conventions. You've got to do it all. Um, okay, uh, I was going to say, speaking of Pokemons, let's go to Ben. Let's not do that. Let's just go to Ben anyway. Ben, what have you been up to this week? Uh, this week, I've ma- in game, I've mainly been helping the truckers out, and I managed to sneak in for about the last five minutes of the Imperial side of the the Imperial versus Empire, Imperial versus Federation Warzone um, community goal thing, only to find out that my one and a half kills didn't get counted anyway, and I didn't get a penny for it. <laughs> so, yay for that. Uh, but in much more exciting news, the whole reason why I was off last week was because it was my my wife had her 20-week scan, so future little baby commander or commanderette is Touchwood looking okay. Brilliant news, mate. Absolutely brilliant news. Um, are you finding out if it's a boy or a girl? We're not. <laughs> okay, and I'm, I'm guessing... From the picture, it wasn't clear. Well, it probably looked more like a Thargoid than anything else. <laughs> we have an alien so far, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's brilliant news, mate. I'm, I'm thrilled that everything's going along as it, uh, as it should do. That's fantastic. Um, I, yeah, I, I think that's about all I'm willing to share about things. Oh, it's my wife's birthday as well. But, <laughs> you know, that's not really very exciting for anyone apart from her. Thank you, Doug. Uh, Colin, what have you been up to? Uh, getting ill, I'm afraid oh, to God. say. <laughs> and, we are uh, just a barrel of laughs this week, aren't we, folks? Yeah, well, it's mostly running's fault, to be honest. Because while um, you lot are all enjoying running yourself, uh, my wife and daughter decided to do the race for life at the weekend, right. uh, which was the pretty mudder, which means they all ran around and did daft things in mud and, and uh, uh, ran for 
uh, cancer and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's all very charitable, except for me and the little lad, who had to stand in the middle of a field somewhere just getting, let's put a persisted down on. Oh, no. And I'm afraid to say, somehow, even though they were running around in it, they're absolutely fine. I'm not. Which... <laughs> <laughs> help. I, yes. I don't know why. It, it just sort of seems right there. There's someone who's who we could really do with making his life a little bit more miserable. We'll go in and get him. So, yes, that's that's how my weekend went. Um, in game, I've been mining with a brand really? new, yeah, with a brand new um, finned out Cobra Mark III. And <laughs> ah, so you've gone for the, uh, you've gone for the upgrade. You've gone for the, oh, the, yes. the, the spoilers and wings. Oh yeah, and uh, it's it's really stupid, but I actually like it. It really it just adds a little bit more to my ship. That's my stupidly designed ship that I'm flying about there. That looks like some kind of thing retro 1950s um, <laughs> station wagon. So uh, I'm, I'm quite pleased with that. The only downside is the mining itself, because. Because uh, of the engineers, I need to get certain materials uh, in order to upgrade my frameshift drive. So, yes, <laughs> we can come on to that later. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, <clears throat> let's go on to uh, the in-game activity for this evening. And hopefully it's not just going to be for this evening. It's going to be for a few days, hopefully a week or so. Because um, for those people that haven't cottoned on, we're at war in the lave system uh, specifically the lave radio network is at war with the people that own the warrenus station who are the are they the jet family i should look that up who, who are we at war yes, with guys jet family Excellent. I thought it was the Jet family. Yeah, so we're at war with the uh, the Jet family. There's a civil war going on in Lave Station, in Lave System at the moment. Uh, and obviously, we would love to have as many people come and fight for the Lave Radio Network. Um, if you are listening to this and it's still going on, then come and join us in Lave System. If you are here this evening, come and join us in Lave System. Sign up for the Lave Radio Network and then go to the conflict zone. And obviously, you will go. You will choose a side hopefully our side, and then you can just collect all the bounties uh, and take them back to Lave Station. And with any luck, if we win this civil war, then it means that Lave Radio Network will have their own station. Uh, we will take over the, the Warrener Station, which is all very, very exciting. So that's our plan for this evening. I should say that we're all, all the crew members tonight are going to also try and, uh, and be fighting at the same time as hosting the podcast. One of those things is going to go terribly wrong so hopefully it's just my insurance bill that goes through the roof as opposed to my hosting skills that go through the floor uh, but if it's the if the podcast suffers from it i do apologize we're not great at multitasking on this show and so yes so as i say the in-game exercise for this evening is going and fighting and collecting as many bounties as we possibly can we've been doing it for about a day now and one thing we have found out is that the um the AI is a little bit taxing if you want to do this on your own. So best thing to do is probably wing up and either join us in game and ask to be winged up in game, or if you jump onto the the Lave Radio Teamspeak server, there's always a couple of people in there that are happy to wing up and jump into game with you. Okay, so actually, breaking news that it's currently in a ceasefire. Uh, which oh. means we can't attack or kill people. We've got a no! two. We've got a two percent lead in influence. Um, I don't think that's enough. I think you have to clear by three percent, 
Um, but whatever reason we've come out of war, which is really unusual, that quickly, but it just depends whether or not it's going to give us the win. Uh, the next tick, we won't know until tomorrow at three o'clock, but we can certainly go to the combat zone and shoot each other. <laughs> um, we're <laughs> so on nine percent up. When did this happen? And they're seven percent down, uh, and we have no pending states, uh, recovering states, civil war. We're recovering from a civil war. Um, so yeah, it's not clear that there's anything going on. You mean uh, I've come all the way up from Akinar just to find that there's nothing for me to do? Essentially, yes. Essentially, that's just that's it. Although Ben's here, and you can always shoot him. Oh yeah, I suppose they've gone. Open season on Commander Ben Mosswoodwood. Yes, um, that, that's very disappointing. That is very very disappointing. Okay, well, we'll probably have seen another in-game activity. So, how about uh, we have a look? What would raise our reputation? I take it raising our reputation would involve flying around the system and uh, attacking the factions that are on either side of us? Or attacking the police for the, the main system holder? Oh, I'm not attacking police. <laughs> Such a coward. In the combat <laughs> zone, I mean, you could tackle any um, ships that are jet family ships, and that would certainly start to hit their their influence. I mean, you could just target them ruthlessly. So, even though it's a ceasefire, we can still go into the conflict zone and still attack their ships? Yeah, um, it would It would certainly <laughs> certainly be a, what you would consider a dick move, but, you know, it would, still, <laughs> it would still have a sort of light effect on it. So, And also the nice thing about that is, um, I'm not sure that because we're in a ceasefire whether or not any of that will count but undermining that faction might drop their percentage to a point where we might be able to steal a win. I don't know. I don't know. But, Tell um, you what, why can't we go back to the bar instead? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, whilst we uh, figure out what we're going to do in-game, why don't we go through some of the uh, exciting development news that we've had this week. Uh, starting with the news, and I think this is about a couple of weeks old, actually, now, uh, that Frontier Developments have partnered with joystick maker Thrustmaster for their new hot-ass joystick. This is going to be an elite-focused joystick from um, from Thrustmaster. Uh, otherwise known as the T dot one six zero 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 M, catchy title. Uh, have you guys had a look at this? Have you? Uh, are you tempted? I think the, the the price point for this joystick, this particular hot ass, is going to be around about the ninety nine pounds mark, uh, and that they're working with Frontier to to make sure it's you know, perfectly or ideally designed for uh, for the game, and they've got obviously. Uh, a picture out there as to what uh, what buttons does what in terms of elite dangerous. You guys going to be tempted to move away from your X fifty twos to go to this thing? I'm very uh, tempted. Um, so I've got my thrustmaster. I've already got a thrustmaster, but it's the hot ass X. So this looks like it's a step up from that. And I, I've never gone to a Cytec joystick because I've just never been convinced by the build qualities. Mm-hmm. Whereas I this joystick I've had it now since. Before we started playing Alpha, I got it for when we were doing all the retro laves and thinking, you know, a joystick might be really handy for some of this. So I got it for some of that. And then you might be using it for release as well, obviously. Um, and it's lasted me all this time with pretty damn heavy pl- play. And it's rock solid, still can't complain about it. So if this is the same kind of build quality as that, you know, yes, it's 
made of plastic, I can accept that, but it hasn't fallen apart in, what, three years of pretty solid use? Yeah, okay, Colin? Well, as long as the build quality is better than the SciTech ones, then, uh, yeah, I would be tempted. Unfortunately, I mean, I've already had um, an X55 go bad on me. Um, this X52 that I've got now is, is quite reliable. The X52 I had before, uh, it lasted about eight years, so, you know. Um, but if the present setup doesn't uh, starts to fail me, then, then I would be tempted, I suppose. Okay, I must admit, I'm, I'm rocking an X52 Pro, and this is my second X52 Pro since Alpha. Uh, one of them did develop a fault with the, uh, with the joystick part of it, uh, which was replaced under warranty. So I know a few other people have had issues with the, uh, with the SciTech stuff. I mean, to feel in the hand in terms of the, the build quality and the, and the metal structure and everything else, I really quite like the, uh, the SciTech over the Thrustmasters, which I find a bit plasticky. But yeah, in terms of the uh, the build quality, in terms of reliability, Thrustmaster might just have the edge on them there. But um, I don't know. I do like the fact it's got lots and lots and lots and lots of buttons. Uh, yeah, I think that'd be very useful if you ever wanted to go to sort of VR and not have to use your keyboard for anything. You still got to find the buttons in VR. Uh, <laughs> it's just a small <laughs> small thing. Uh, I'm obviously in the the what you call the Thrustmaster Watthog, and the the build quality is on great. I have to say though, believe it or not, I have replaced my stick. Oh. Because the secondary fire button became too worn. Now I can probably replace the button, but I couldn't be asked. And the, at that point, they were doing the. They started selling them separately, so you can buy the stick or the throttle unit. My throttle unit's got a dodgy button on it anyway, but I never use it, and it's in a place that I'd never use it anyway. So there's no point worrying about it. Um, but it was like uh, I think it was 120 pounds to buy the stick on its own and 120 pounds to buy the throttle on its own and it was like 300 quid to buy them together and I just couldn't quite put the maths <laughs> together on their website so I thought I'm going to take advantage and replace the, the stick anyway having a, a backup that I can then take down to the likes of Lavecon and leave my main one at home is a good idea but I haven't bought a second throttle unit I just bought the stick but I don't know that I could go to any other joystick that's plastic again ever yeah, no, I I agree. I think I would uh, I would struggle with the the lightness of it, um, but still better that than uh, than maybe a controller, wouldn't you say? Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. I, I don't know because on the Xbox it's just a bit tricky, but once you get it, it's brilliant. You know, it's nice to relax and have all your controls at your fingertips. It's nice. Uh, obviously, I, I like VR side of things too. So you get used to knowing where your buttons are, and even to the point that I use the keyboard for the menu system while using the Oculus. You get used to it as long as things are where you want them to be. Um, you know, you get comfortable with your own setup. So, yeah, I just I think plastic joysticks. I just think they feel. It's actually, this is the truth, this is why I haven't set up the Oculus yet, it's because having taken it out of the box, it feels too plasticky for me. Really? It's too light, it's too light, it's just like a toy. Well, if you don't want it, Grant, why don't you just send it to this one? <laughs> You've got of a graphics card that will run it. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll be a slight problem. Okay, but I mean, surely the, the lightness in something like a VR headset would actually be a plus, not a minus. Well, I don't know, because people complain about the the spring and the tightness on the weight on a Thrustmaster joystick, and I, I absolutely love it, so obviously I, do. I, I like the weight 
to work against, if that makes sense. When it's too light, it's just a bit too... It feels cheap. Um, and anyone that wants to understand that, then if you're coming to LaveCon, this is going to be the theme <laughs> for the entire night, then, you know, we're hoping to have a panel about that, uh, the Oculuses and things, and uh, my plan is to have an Oculus and the Vive uh, and the DK2s on the desk so you can actually feel the difference, and if Colin's kind enough to to supply with some, you know, the alternatives, the, 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 the thrifts, Oculus thrifts and things, <laughs> so that you can see the difference in the weights of the technologies, um, it could be quite a an eye opener actually the, the way that it has progressed. I mean, Oculus. I don't know how they've managed to build it. It must be made with stickle brick or something. <laughs> Maybe okay. that's going to be the new uh, the new version for the Lego crowd, the Dublo version. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, uh, just a couple of other bits of news just to pick up on. Obviously, there was a server side update. Um, that happened uh, again. This will probably be about uh, some point last week, where they updated the service to allow you to find uh, engineers' bases a little bit easier, and also a little bit of direct help with the players and able to locate some of the source materials they need, and they increase the materials that you can hold from 600 to 1,000, which should help you in terms of not meaning you need to make as many shuttles as you did before, um, and also the amount of data you can hold from 200 to 500. Um, I haven't done any of the engineer stuff, so I'm just wondering if you guys have uh, done any of these and seen what sort of an impact these changes have actually made. Yeah, these changes and also the required number of rare goods and stuff going down to only 50 tons. Has that made a big impact to uh, playing with engineers? It has for me. Um, I mean, this is all connected with the, with the next section as well. But, um, yeah these changes are required because um, I think the reaction to the engineers so far hasn't been um, as enthusiastic, I think, as people were were hoping for. Yeah, I mean, they're not getting uh, universal love, are they? Not at the moment, no. Um, I think there's a little bit... Um, well, what I'm finding, uh, especially with uh, trying to upgrade my FSD so quickly, is that... Um, Finding some of the more rarer materials is beginning to get a bit of a chore, and it is coming to a point where you think, well, do I really want to be mining for this long to try and find this one bit that doesn't seem to be anywhere? And are there not guides online that sort of point you in the right direction of where some of this material can actually be found? I'm sure someone said that there were. Yeah, there are, but you still have a random factor. We have had people say, right, no, I've been to where you've said. Uh, right. I try, I've tried... Uh, grinding. I've tried. I've tried my driving about my SLV. I've tried uh, mining the asteroid fields, and I haven't had any luck finding what I need to. Uh, and it does seem to be a random factor. You, you sometimes get lucky, and sometimes you don't. We've had people say, "Well, yeah, well, I went uh, to that asteroid belt, and I managed to get what I needed in, in a couple of goes." So, um, anything to actually smooth the engineering process along is going to be appreciated, I think, from now on. There is a very good guide for the engineer on Inara.cz. Yeah, yeah, that basically tells you who you need to see, what they need to do, and it's a brilliant site, uh, very well laid out, very easy to use, which is Inara, I-N-A-R-A dot C-Z. Excellent. Okay. Um, Obviously, we had a big update, which dropped. That was update 2.1. Point zero three, uh, and this had a number of changes in it. A number of changes, mainly around things like the AI. 
um, which obviously hasn't again received a uh, uniform uh, acceptance or, or or love from the community. Um, I think most people will say that the uh, the AI needed to change. I think everybody's happy about that, but obviously, just the the tweaking and the balancing of the AI. Um, I think Frontier agreed they needed to, uh, to to spend a little bit more time on, and that's what basically has happened with this update. So let's uh, let's have a look at some of the highlights of the update, um, and we can all sort of pick out the bits that I think are going to make the biggest uh, impact to uh, to our game playing styles. And I will start with one of the ones at the bottom, which is that all shields now regenerate at double rate when in super cruise, otherwise known as the Brave Sir Robin move. Um, as I do quite a lot of running away in combat, uh, I think the fact that shields now regenerate at twice the speed when you're in supercruise is going to be a big boon for me. It means I can turn around, hopefully get into supercruise, recharge my shields, and then come back into the fight. So that one's going to be uh, quite a big one for me, unlike the other one that they've added, which is bullet flyby sounds. Now, I'm not sure we really needed these, um, but, you know... Uh, uh, we, we shall see. It actually what you should, add, you, should, you should be able to shoot Ben's spoilers off so you can hear them cracking and falling <laughs> off. <you know? laughs> it's uh, Colin who's got the spoilers today, not me. <laughs> not flying. Speaking with the about uh, spoiler, Colin, what um, what out of the the updates do you think you are most excited about? Actually, it has to be the second one down, which is that the players can now spend favours, i.e. reputation levels, in other, in other words, to get your special effect on your weapon. I think that is, is a fantastic move, and it's been, I think that's been roundly applauded by the, uh, by the community. So okay, the, the, so for those people that haven't been following it, this is, you know, when you go to engineers and you, you basically, it's almost like a roll of the dice as to what sort of effect the engineer gives you. Yes. Um, and this is just allowing you to spend your reputation points that you built up with them and choose what sort of outcome you're going to have from that dice roll. Is that correct? Well, no, you still get your dice roll. And if you're not happy with your dice roll, then you can uh, choose to spend your uh, uh, your reputation. So that way you don't end up grinding and constantly going back to the engineer hoping that you get the beam laser that heals shields. You can actually go and buy that uh, that. Uh, uh, reputation level, uh, sorry, that particular modification. The downside, of course, is is basically you lose reputation with the engineer, so that means you've got to end up going out and crafting more stuff with them in order to increase the reputation again. Um, because I think it's a really nice system that they've got there, because when you think about it, if you sort of turn around and say, well, can you just do this? Has anybody you've done something as a favour for someone and it hasn't turned out exactly how you, you both were, were expecting, you find it a bit cheeky if they say, oh, well, here we could do this as well. And you sort of think, oh, all right. So you've, the, the engineer's opinion of you goes down a little bit. I, I, I quite like that idea. <laughs> okay, I mean, it does make it slightly easier to, um, to build a fleet of a certain class of ship. Uh, you know, if you wanted to be a medic or if you wanted to be sort of like a, uh, like having a heat weapons and stuff like that, um, it does allow you to sort of build those fleets. I take it again, I haven't followed this particular bit, but has there been more information put out there in terms of being able to store your modules or store the stuff that you've actually created? Well, actually, this is something which is very controversial at the moment. Um, no, there hasn't. 
Um, it is something that Sandro has said that it's something they're looking at. They know it's they know it's a hole in the game at the moment, uh, and it's something they'll be looking at in the near future. Okay, so I uh, heard, to be confirmed. I yes. heard that um, it was possible to fly your modified ship to a station where your other ships are berthed. Sell the module, swap ship, and then buy the module back. Yes, you can. You can do that. But um, the one thing you can't do is basically leave that station and come back. Because once you have um, left the station, or I think it's actually even left the session uh, where you're doing your outfitting, I think once you've left that bit, that's it. You've lost your uh, whatever your buyback options were. Yeah, well, that's standard loss of buyback would make, render that yeah useless. So that <laughs> it just does seem that the things that we talked about in the DDF in the past, you know, when we talked about ships and being able to call your ship and have it move to the station where you are, when we talked about having your module banks and things where you can store stuff that you can then collect, etc. And then we had the whole discussion of them taking 10% off the sale price of modules and we went, well, actually, no, because we swap and change them and they, they went back on that. It's like all the things that they've not... they've avoided doing, like the being able to have names for your ships and things, all this infrastructure that would allow that to happen is the stuff that we could really have done with them doing now, because then we'd be able to dump these modified modules into our module banks and leave them in a station and like stockpile of parts and it's just, it just seems to be that when they've been making the game there's some decisions they've made for obviously ease of uh, development and to get things working properly and, and now those decisions are kind of biting them back well, what you're talking about, really, if you're on about this kind of um, storage, you're talking about the equivalent of MMO housing. Yeah. So somewhere for you to, to store all your trophies or your, your materials. I'll just leave them at the docking uh, bay. And, just, it'd, be, it'd be great if you went to a very busy station and you couldn't get a docking pad because six of the pads were covered in other people's modules. <laughs> yes, indeed. Okay. Um, Should I tell you you the one that I'm interested in? (laughs) Go for Uh, it. It's the tracking rates for targeted weapons because uh, not the fact that they've increased the rates, you know, they've adjusted the tracking rates, but the large tracking rates are unchanged, medium or slightly faster, and the small ships tracking or the small um, modules that are um, targeted weapons are now tracking a lot faster. Is great. I think that's fantastic because it kind of, again, gives you a favour for being in a smaller, faster ship that you can use these weapons and just fly around big ships like a really annoying wasp. And I think that's that's just kind of add a little degree of uh, power against the big ships, you know? I like like that idea. Yeah, I I like that idea. I think it's a handy one to have, but... The thing I'm liking most about, well, not maybe not most about it, because I, I liked the turreted change that they're doing most, but I thought it was good that they've also played around with the percentage of interdiction chances chances as well, so that, you know, no longer, let's say you're, like, just a noob, and all of a sudden you get interdicted by an elite pirate, that kind of thing is very unlikely to happen. Um, and it sounds, I've not experienced this yet, but it sounds like... If you're in a lawful system, 
you're more likely to get interdicted by somebody your rank, um, or I assume below. But if you're in an anarchy system, it reads like there is a higher chance of getting interdicted by somebody higher than you. So uh, makes visiting read quite for sake of argument a little bit more on the butt clenching side of things, which I think is a good thing. Um, I thought I read somewhere about the police coming in a bit faster as well, but that, that could be just an opium dream. <laughs> That's certainly one way of looking at it. It could be. I wanted to ask you actually, Colin. You know how you had your you're doing your mining. Are you oh, yeah. using um, Are you using limpets at the moment to help you with your mining? Yeah, yeah. I've found I've got to. Have I? I heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that limpets have slowed down or something. Um, not that I've noticed actually. Um, okay. But then again, I probably have only started mining since the the latest release anyway. So right. I'm not probably the best person to ask whether they've slowed down or not. <laughs> All I know is that, um, yes, it can be very tedious and boring, but in a very car, um, relaxing like way. Like <laughs> yes. Um, but I must admit, there is something that is butt-clenchingly awful when you suddenly see two extra dots appear on your radar and you suddenly realise those aren't police, and you look at your weapons and you think, all I've got is two Class 1 pulses. <laughs> There's all the rest are mining lasers. Yes, it doesn't. That doesn't. Uh, the, yeah, it certainly gets the blood pumping around so, the body. Or so yeah. So you're using a cobra for mining, are you? Yeah, I'm using a cobra for mining, even though it's probably not the best for it. Uh, but I wanted to try out the new spoilers as well. <laughs> That's a good reason for it. So, so yeah. Has anyone so been what interdicted recently as well? Because I know one of the difference is the reduced percentage interdiction chance of power play ships by ten percent. Um, I got interdicted tonight on the way to the, um, the, the what do you call it, the orange sidewinder and ended up stuck with, I submitted and got stuck with them continuing to interdict me. The bar went full and it took a good sort of seven minutes. Yeah, it took seven minutes for it to actually resolve and then it said I'd submitted and dropped us into the session and then he blew the Ouch. shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you actually in a power then, Grant? No. Because I thought, I took that to mean if you're in um, oh, Daenerys Storm, Stormwind's power, her of the blue hair, and someone else, you're, someone else interdicted you, I took that to mean, that's what that meant. But Well, I think it's probably the likes of if you are in a power and you're flying through other powers areas, I can imagine that with the increased AI you would be continuously interdicted so they've well, obviously reduced that percentage I imagine that would be just flipping annoying. That would be horrible. Yeah, I mean I know when I was in a power I was, I was always getting interdicted and it was a pain in the butt back then so I suspect even now it's in even more of a pain because uh, as you say they've all gotten a little bit harder and heavier so maybe, well maybe they've done that but I don't know. Well, I have breaking news. Oh! <gasps> dun, dun, dun. This is actually in the uh, mission. If you go to the, the mission board and to the news feed, you will see something on the Lave Sun, obviously, uh, one of the local local newspapers, and it says, Lave breathes a sigh of relief as peace descends on Lave Station, following a bold strike by the Lave radio network against the Lave Jet Family HQ, board Lave Station, and an easy peace has now been broken between the two parties. The Lave radio network issued a statement reassuring visitors that 
to Lave that business aboard Lave station has returned to normal, with Lave radio network having taken over several of the Jet family's businesses to ensure optimal operation capacity in the face of Lave Jet family's ongoing staff shortages. I wonder why they've got staff shortages. <laughs> uh, so um, I don't know. Does anybody want to fly out to the? Uh, I'm flying off to Warrenus. Yeah, I'm going to fly off to Warrenus myself and see whether or not we've got it. Uh, you could just go to the system map. <laughs> Where's the fun in that? Oh, jeez! You had to say it, Grant, didn't you? I was thinking <laughs> the same thing, but I was going to let them fly out there. But surely we have to wait for it to tick over before anything changes on the system. I it think, still says Lake Jet Family. I think. Yeah. Uh, although maybe you sh- you guys should fly out there and have a look just in case it's different and and once you're there, in the map it says Slave Jet Family. Yeah, well, go, we'll go, go, go 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 check there and see when you're done. If you want to just head over to Hutton and make sure we didn't take that over. <laughs> <laughs> can, I get, can I get my anaconda from Hutton? Did you say? A hundred credits, I believe. Yeah, it should be fine. Shiny. Does that get me a free mug and all? You've got enough mugs. <laughs> yeah, that would we've be got four of those in the show. If they have actually sort of dropped a, a hint in you know in the newsfeed and stuff that that is going to happen, uh, if that was like a precursor and that was like a an early an early indication that you know come the tick over tomorrow we will actually have that station, that would be quite a cool way of doing it. Yeah, I mean it just proves that uh, Live Radio Network won that conflict, but whether or not we've won it enough. Did I don't you, know. Did you read the Warness Independent? No, I didn't. Why? Lave Jet Family emerges clear winner of local conflict. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> so far, much for my optimism. So, we have no idea. The Lave Daily is reporting one thing, and yeah, it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> But there's an election going on as well, is there? Well, let's have a look. It's a busy system. There's two Lave dailies. Right, so we're, we're no clearer, um, although maybe we need to have a look at the... Oh, did something just change there? Oh. I think something just changed. Well, something's just happened. Uh, I've just been interdicted by one of these these guys, uh, so I am going to have to deal with him in the meantime. Are you in a wing, Colin? Do you need help? Not yet. Not yet. I think I'll, I think I'll be fine. Yeah, he's, he's only a novice. Although he is okay, saying that so like, Doom is approaching. Have we, uh, have we covered all the changes to AI and all about the, the interdiction and how um, your Pilot Federation rank is going to affect or not affect your interdiction rates now? Have we covered that or not? Yes, we did. Uh, yeah, we okay, lost. Cool. We lost. Life aboard Warness has finally returned to normal as the Lave Jet family emerged victorious in their fight against the Lave Radio Network. We just need to move the broadcast to a Monday night the next time. <laughs> Yeah, I think that might be the case. But that was that was very quick. I thought Civil Wars took uh, you know about a week or something. I, don't, I didn't realise they sort of ticked over in twenty four hours. I think it's down to how much activity there is uh, from both sides, and if one you know streams ahead, then there's just not enough live radio network NPCs in the system to do our job for us. Right. Hmm. That's a shame. That's a that's a big shame. Sorry, we're close enough. Yeah, next my- time. Next time. Um, <laughs> who, who are we close to now? We are. Nine uh, percent. We're still, yeah. It's Lave Jet, so we're, they're dropping, which could sort of do some other things. Um, mm. We seem to be making reputation, which is good. So, 
we could easily drop down again a couple of percentage or do missions for Leave Jet Family and bring them up to 9% and keep them away from the rest of them and we'll go back into another civil war and this time do it properly or better okay I think that's probably the uh, probably the plan then, isn't it? To uh, do some missions for the the Lave Jet family and just try and keep them hovering around our coattails and yeah, make them prime candidates for the civil war and just maybe keep an eye on it and make sure we jump on it as soon as it appears. Okay. Uh, other in other in game news, other development news. We've got, we've got thirty three percent off the uh, of some paint jobs uh, until the fourth of July. Um. What else? Uh, we've got some in-game story news. Who's been following the uh, the emergence of the uh, the storyline between the uh, things that are hotting up around the barnacles? Everybody been following this story? Oh no. yes, I've got a whole. I have a whole top shift dedicated to it. Before okay. you, well, before you the, go uh, on to that, we have another news broadcast at Lave Station. Can we get the sign fight this time now, this, this time, this time, uh, yeah, um, oh crikey, I don't even know if I've got it loaded on this. Uh, let's have a look. Probably not. No, I've taken it off this one. Um, we'll just do something. Boom, 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 boom. Lave news. <clears throat> this just in. Uh, from the Lave Evening Express, peace descends on Lave Station. After a week... <laughs> You're right. Uh, after a few hours of vicious fighting in the halls of Lave Station, a victor emerged in the form of the Lave Radio Network. What the what? Station officials are hopeful life above Lord's Lave Station will return to normal now that the violence has abated. This makes no sun. This makes no sun. No, no sense. The Lave Sun. Uh, new elections in Lave, which is another group that's kicked off. So that's, that's tons of stuff. But what's going on, guys? People, devs, are you changing the news deliberately while we're doing this broadcast? Because that's just not <laughs> fair. <laughs> right, so we're no further wise. It, it, this is, this is, and you know, not to bring politics into it, this is Brexit all over. This is just total oh. and utter. This is Lexit. Oh, do, uh, you, oh, do we send them to a sin bin? <laughs> ha, have you have you read the Lave Gazette yet, Grant? Um, oh, because that's appara- just as well. Apparently, it's all the Lave Jet family's fault. They were attempting to muscle in on a lucrative business deal that was set up by the Lave Radio Network. Is that, uh, I, think, that- I think it's just it's disgusting behaviour by the Lave Jet family. Yeah, I mean, all to bloom and get to stop Fozzer getting cut price wrenches. I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I guess it, the bulk buys doesn't me. make any sense. Is that the, this paper, the Lave Evening Express, says the Lave Jet Family won. That, that doesn't make any sense. Obviously, this is why it's a ceasefire, because nobody knows. <laughs> Oh dear! Let's let's move on to sort of wider political issues with amongst could the you, galaxy. Could you yeah. Stop fighting, please, while we count all the dead ships and then work out who's won. <laughs> oh, Collins. by the way, I, I no, heard no, a rumor. I'm, Does, I'm, I'm the... moving us on. I am moving us on. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to be just. Well, I was actually there. moving on to the fact. I think Elite Dangerous is in a Steam sale at the moment, isn't it? Is it? It is. Yes. There you go. And what's the uh, what's the discount? Thirty three percent as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Everything you can thirty-two percent. Yeah, and you can also get Elite Dangerous and Elite Dangerous Horizons, and of course the I've never played any Elite Dangerous, so give me everything pack bundle thing as well, all at thirty-three percent off at the moment. Cool. Well, hopefully that'll be uh, really popular, and we'll see a few more commanders coming into the uh, the galaxy. That'll be awesome. Okay, so Colin, 
I'm yes. dying to I'm dying to hear about what's been happening with the barnacles and the federation moving into Maya. So maybe you can give us a short top shift overview as to what you <laughs> went through the other night. Well, it, it's quite interesting. I heard these uh, rumours that uh, a federal battle cruiser had suddenly appeared over a couple of barnacles uh, in the Pleiades cu- uh, cluster or nebula, rather. I thought, all right, I'll, I'll power up the asp and go and have a look. And sure enough, there it was, uh, hanging in about a kilometre above uh, a barnacle site. Now, I thought, oh, uh, I'll, I'll go in and have a closer look. And thankfully, because I'm friendly with the Federation, I didn't get attacked. But other commanders have actually been attacked by this ship when they get too close, especially if the rating with the Federation isn't too nice. Uh, and lately, um, there have been attacks on not only this battle cruiser, but battle cruisers have been appearing over barnacle sites all the way through the Pleiades uh, nebula. And on top of that, more barnacle sites have been found in the California nebula and the Witchhead nebula. So, I mean, the canon research have been on top of this, like, uh, no tomorrow. It's, it's been it's been quite exciting finding all these new sites. And there is speculation that the Federation is seeming to make a play for these barnacles. Ah, And have we seen any sort of response from any of the other factions? Have the Imperials sort of uh, come in? Has the Empire sort of uh, decided to take them on? Or the Alliance, maybe? Nothing yet, but we do have the impression, especially from the Galnet newsfeed, that um, alarm bells are ringing in the Empire. And at this moment in time, a response may be formulating. Mm. Yes. See, and here's us worrying about our own little civil war, when there could be a galactic civil war about to break out any second. Yes, well, not any second, I don't think. It's take, it takes quite a while to move a battle cruiser that big all the way down to, uh, down to Obsidian orbit, Orbital. I mean, uh, it's well outside the bubble. We're talking an extra 100 light years outside the bubble. So the, the Federation must be making one heck of an effort in order to, to, to get their cruisers down there. But on a, on a non-plot-wise, um, uh, it's really pretty to actually see. They're just hanging above the planet. It, it's very, very... Um, well, they're certainly as threatening as you'd expect them to be. And I've seen footage of people trying to take them on, and a couple of uh, a couple of uh, wings have managed to drive one off, and then it comes back. It only it comes back with a lot more in the way of uh, <laughs> uh, corvettes as escorts. So good luck, guys, if you want to keep on trying to drive them off. They just seem to come back angrier. <laughs> oh, I'm under attack. Okay, whilst well, you sort that out. Um... Has anybody been following the story about the the new ship's graveyard that's appearing at uh, Sothis? Has anybody had a chance to jump in their ship and go and check that out? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the pictures that have uh, appeared on the uh, on the Reddit <clears throat> posts about this, uh, it's brilliant. There is an absolutely massive debris field with lots and lots of sort of floating wrecks, like uh, anacondas, type nines. Um, even some, you know, some of the smaller ships, like the Federation, um, uh, small one, one pilot. I can't remember what it's called. The, the what's the, the one in CQC? What the Falcon? The, the Falcon. Hunter. Yeah, um, there's a couple of those. 
uh, lying around as well. But uh, it reminds me of the the Tina's Le Graveyard, uh, seeing all these ships just sort of uh, you know, resting around in space. Uh, I think that's probably as we're not at Civil War. That's probably going to be my next uh, my next port of call to go out there and, and just have a look around and see exactly what's uh, what's gone on there. Okay, let's uh, let's crash on uh, to uh, newsletter twenty nine, uh, and I have to say, Ben, I'm really chuffed that you were. I didn't I didn't manage to read the newsletter on time, but I'm really pleased that you were. You posted the the highly recommended a story of the life of frontier. Um, I just thought that was awesome. Uh, I thought, you know, in terms of a fan made little um, featurette, I thought that was really well put together. It really sort of captured the feeling of the um, of the elite dangerous galaxy. Uh, I thought it was really well acted, and the stuff that was in it, in terms of the props and things like that, and all the amazing uh, CG stuff that they tie into it, I thought was phenomenal. Um, what did you guys think of it? I thought it was very Babylon Five like. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to be very interesting to see what they come up with next. So are they actually going to take it further? Are they going to sort of stretch out? Obviously, it was a, a small scene between a, um, a um, how would you call her, a privateer and she's a member a of the... bounty hunter uh, or something, isn't she? Mm, I thought she said she didn't do assassinations and stuff, so... Yeah. Uh, I, I got the impression that she's more sort of like a, a privateer or something like that, or you know, someone that just did... Um, uh, did missions, but not assassination missions and things like along those lines. So um, I still got the impression she was elite rated. Yeah, yeah, someone that would be able to take cargo from A to B and you know deal with any trouble that came her way uh, on on route, as it were. That's the impression that I got. Um, but yeah, so are they taking that uh, that confrontation or that encounter to the next stage? And are we going to see a little bit more of that particular storyline? Well, I haven't heard if they are or not, but I would really hope that they do. Well, it seems to be getting a lot of love uh, on the on the forums and stuff, and you know, they've responded to it really nicely, and they've you know, said how grateful they are, and they didn't think anybody would actually you know, watch it and stuff. But, uh, yeah, the, <laughs> the support for it and the feedback they've got has been, you know, has been great. Mm. Yes, yeah. it, it, was, it was nice to see that kind of thing happening, a bit like that... Um, uh, that short, but didn't they have a, a video competition from Frontier uh, yep. last year? And it, it, it was it's all it all surprised me the quality that some people can put together for these things. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, and that one especially. Uh, although that one, that one was kind of like a, a double edged sword because I really, really, really loved the the Wing Commander S comms that they managed to uh, project onto the the cockpit of the of the ships in Elite Dangerous. Yes, and that's how they did all of the. Yeah, that's how they did all of the, the, you know, their speech and interaction and stuff. And it was exactly the same as the original sort of Wing Commander games, where a picture of someone would appear and then they'd talk about uh, talk to you. Um, And oh, if that could happen in Elite Dangerous, that would be. I would love that so much. And now that we've got the um, Commander Generator uh, stuff coming through um in the next uh well and it's this season isn't it where we get to create our own commanders yeah. i think it'd be quite cool if there is some sort of um some sort of way that uh, when you're talking even if it's on comms or if you you know text type or something like that your picture your commander picture appears somewhere in the cockpit even if it's just sort of hollow projected uh to let people know who's talking at any particular point i think that'd be quite a nice sort of wing commander-esque touch that they could put in well, you still get these alerts at the moment uh, on the comms panel, 
I've seen those come up, especially when you're getting redirected to, uh, you're doing a mission and you're redirected to a different place. Um, I don't think it actually displays any pictures on it, though, which you get nice little tip-offs and, and things like that, which uh, are always a pleasant surprise every now and again. Yeah, definitely. Um, did any of you catch the, the article, the, uh, the winning the space race, the future of Elite Dangerous? Anybody else get a chance to read that? I read it and dismissed it, I'm afraid to say. Uh, yes, it, it just seemed to be... I mean, I, oh, I just felt like it was elite bashing, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, the premise was that uh, yeah, elite need to uh, to nail their colours to a mass. They're trying to do this sort of big open sandbox idea and, you know, they're trying to be everything to all people and what they've actually managed to create, which, you know, we've heard it many times before, is a, a vast yet shallow... Uh, galaxy uh, for people to play in and if they don't sort of flesh out the the galaxy and you know put things in like maybe a campaign mode they were saying or you know just sort of make the game less shallow uh, they're going to be overtaken that elite dangerous is going to be left behind by the likes of star citizen or, or no man's sky and you know elite dangerous is just going to be an amusement park you know like chernobyl what was the desert and the elite was like going to be like the amusement park in Chernobyl, desolate, sad, and abandoned? And I don't think it's as bad as that. But what do you reckon? You know, with all the stuff that's coming on in engineers, which you know, people have suggested that engineers isn't you know isn't great. It's just more sort of you know shallow packing as opposed to anything any sort of substantial meat on the bones. To the game. Would you agree with that, or would you think that as you said, this is just more elite bashing? Uh, I think. Well, you see. Well, Sorry, just calling. We've, we've had all the huge reactions, negative reactions to engineers all over Reddit, and people saying that's it, that's the end of the game. And you know, people have you know, I know of uh, one other commander that has uninstalled Elite from his machine and just said, you know, I'll come back when we get another release. But at the moment, I'm not really. It, it's annoying me more than you know, enjoyment. And that's the key thing. If the game stops being fun, then it's not fun, and it doesn't matter whether it's as deep and dark as a Game of Thrones plotline or whether it's. <laughs> as exciting as, you know, Bruce Willis uh, smashing through windows and shooting terrorists. It don't matter crap if it's not fun. And when the fun goes, it's time to take a break. Now, that could be through burnout or through what, you know, you consider a, a game grind that's not rewarding. Because a grind that's rewarding is the best thing in the world. There's nothing better than achieving a goal through a grind and difficulty. Um, but the problem is at the moment is that balance has not re reached with engineers so it's a perfect time for writing articles for elite bashing because you've got a whole pile of reddit posts to, to support your argument but it's no different than it was with powers we i've never played powers it just didn't interest me and i'm not particularly interested in engineers at this point either I still far too much enjoy the meat and bones missions. They're great fun, and there's nothing better than doing them with a group of friends. Um, and that's where I find my comfort level, and in that respect, I find the game. I'm not looking for the depth. I have to say that you know we 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 used to follow Galnet way back at the beginning. I've not read that in months. In fact, tonight's the first time I've looked at articles because that's not how I play the game at this point because maybe that's the truth in this article. 
that's the shallowness. I've disconnected from that depth of the game because it's not interesting enough for me. It doesn't add to my game time, doesn't add to my gameplay. The barnacles don't interest me at all, but I can only speak for myself. So, as yet, when the passenger missions come, I'm going to be like the cat with the cream. You're not going to find me in my orca with my objectionable trying to get off the bloody ship passengers <laughs> who are saying we only wanted to go round the corner and you've taken us out to Saji. <laughs> uh, you know, that again, it adds that that's the fun side of things that I enjoy and therefore how the hell are Frontier meant to make something that's fun for me, fun for you and fun for everybody else. They can't. So it's always going to feel shallow for some people. It's always going to feel that that plug-in is just not for me. And then there's going to be the one that comes along that is just for you. But just remember, everybody, there's a, every one of these steps, there's a reason in there somewhere. And if you don't have modified weapons when our significant friends in the universe appear then we may find ourselves at the wrong end of a pointy stick and desperately hunting down those engineers and wishing that we'd spent time building a reputation or had the comfort of a power to rise up and protect us when there's safety in numbers. But that's the joy of the game, isn't it? Playing it your own way and then moaning like an absolute <laughs> you know, banshee when the way that you play leaves you stranded and in the dark on your own. Okay. Um, anybody else got anything to add on that before I go on to, uh, to more, well, actually more on this particular subject? Well, when those two uh, games are released, I do expect a drop-off in player numbers because, I mean, I'm going to be interested in what Star Citizen can do and I'm interested in what No Man's Sky can do. But um, at the moment, uh, neither of which have been released and until they are released, you can't say that Elite Dangerous is going to be dead when these things are. Because you might go out on No Man's Sky and find that you get quite bored after a little while because procedural... Uh, like when you're exploring out in the far end of the galaxy, because procedural generation can be sometimes a little samey, you could end up thinking, well, actually, it's, it's not what I was expecting. Yeah, and as, and as far as Star Citizen is concerned, well, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm waiting for it to, to be ready. Yeah, and, and that's the question. When is it going yeah. to be ready? Yeah, so you know, um, I mean, Elite was my first game. It's all it, and it is still the game that I'm playing now. So I'm not going to be leaving that behind. It's certainly something I'm going to be coming back to. But I don't think I'm playing enough to reach the burnout rate yet, which I think okay. a lot of these people are. So let's put it another way then: for these people that are hitting hitting the wall, hitting the burnout rate, looking what Looking into what we know uh, Frontier are working on, we know they're working on passenger missions, we know they're working on uh, yeah, launching fighters, we know that there's multi-crew going on there, we know there's you know, avatar creation, and we know there's a another thing coming at the end of this particular season. We know that there's walking around in stations, walking around on ships, boarding ships, all of this sort of stuff. Um, Thargoids further down the line. What do you think Frontier need to focus on next in order to sort of win back some of the doubters so you know the people that weren't interested in power play the people that weren't interested in engineers what's the next thing that frontier could maybe go okay well let's let's focus on this thing because this is another you know this is another player grabber that would get people back into uh, into the galaxy and into the servers ben they really need to hit us around the head with the storyline 
and not just posting a couple of articles in the newsletter and having a couple of contradictory stories in Galnet. We needed thrown in our face, slapped around the fi- like slapped around like a wet herring. It needs to be in your face. It needs to be big, bold. You're doing missions for us. You just can't help but feel, for sake of argument, that the Fargoids are coming. And you're getting missions sending you out there to investigate it. You're getting missions... And then, depending on the outcome of everybody doing these missions, might then affect how the other missions are going. So instead of doing that, we're now... Instead of looking for things, if we assuming we find them, we then get... Missions saying, right, could somebody please try initiating contact with these guys? And then depending on the outcome of all that, after, say, a few weeks, these guys don't like us very much. Or maybe they do. Or maybe we don't find the Thargoids. We find Thargoids archenemies who happen to, you know, enemies, enemies, my friend. Because I've seen photos of a red unknown artifact so could that be something different? Not by could one be by one faction, one be by another? We just don't know. But we need storyline, and it needs to be dependent upon the community's actions. I think to keep it real for Frontier's goals. Okay, so an overarching storyline that uh, players have to get involved with, which is interesting. Well, they don't the- have to, but. You're getting missions left, right, and centre, and it has to be a richer set of stories than here's an article in the newsletter, because you're so bleeped and okay. hot. So, you've said that that obviously needs to take the part of an alien. What about if it was just a big old <laughs> a big old sort of hoedown between the Federation and the Empire you know, coming out of uh, like a Cold War and going into full hostilities over you know, over the, the barnacles. Yeah, no no aliens. Too. Would that would that, that still work? I don't care if aliens are involved. I just want good storyline missions. I think if you're going to have something like that, then they should really stir the pot up and, and have, you know, like uh, compulsory missions going out to people based on their rank with the Federation and the Imperials. And the reason I say that is this will really sort out all those people that are, you know, top rank in the Imperials and in Federal uh, systems <laughs> so that they have to make a choice. And the one that they choose destroys their ranking with the other one. And let's, <laughs> let's really polarise the game. Let's make that uh, whole galaxy, uh, can I go around that Imperial system to get to where I'm going rather than having to go through it? That would be fun. <laughs> I mean, I think, I do have this feeling with this, the, this federal move into, uh, into the Platy system, I think that is something that... Uh, I, it's, it's a, I think it's the beginning of one of these things, and it's going to be a nice slow burn. I reckon this, if if they if they time it right, this could probably last a good six seven months. We will still be talking about it. Okay, in six or seven months, I'm definitely not still going to be talking about one ship that's sitting in the Pleiades system. So, what needs to happen in order to keep this slow burn, which even sounds dull, um, interesting? To keep people's attention. Well, um, it's not going to remain a slow burn for long, but I, I think you build up, build up some story. You and you, you make people interested that they know that there's something happening in the Pleiades. There's some opportunity there to make some money, 
which uh, is always a good motivator. Uh, and eventually, before you know it, uh, you're involved. And that's the kind of thing that we're, we're going, that I think they're moving towards. And how would you like to see that portrayed? Because obviously Ben's already said that you know they don't want to, you know we don't want to see this stuff through Galnet. Do we want to see I don't know like a weekly or a, a bi-weekly sort of uh, a video put out by Frontier, which is sort of like a propaganda video from one side or the other? You know, would we like to see um, you know thematic trailers like the um, Damocles video put out to sort of give you an update as to what's happening in the universe? Just something. Yeah, a little bit more interactive, a little bit more engaging than just the Galnet text to to get the story of the galaxy across a bit more. Yes. No, no, yes. no, yes. no, yes. no, yes. Yes. no, exactly that. <laughs> okay, uh, Ben, you go first. It has to be in game. It has to involve you. If you're just a passive player, what the hell are you doing playing a game? Go out and watch YouTube or something. Okay. No, it's got Who's to color. Yes. It's got to color your. It's got to color your gameplay. It's got to give you the inspiration. And and you know we we, we could get down to the root of, of having having people called out in it. So let's get those you know commanders' names. Maybe just do it at random, just for the fun of it, and have them destroyed in a video online by Frontier, really trolling up the player base and getting them all riled up and into the game. Yes, but I think yeah, if you have some kind of very kind of short uh, introductory news broadcast people would have that on in the background whether they even did a podcast of the news um, if somebody's out there and they want to create a Galnet podcast then I would say that there's definitely a space for it because people can't be arsed to read with their eyes they're too busy doing other stuff yeah no absolutely and there was uh, there was talk about um presenting the Galnet, even so that you can see it when you are super cruising. So say you're on a, a trip to Hassan, if there was a way that you can actually display it on one of your, you know, uh, your user interface screens, one of your panels in your ship, and scroll through the news feeds that way, you know, on a trip to Hutton, I would probably do that. Um, mm. But I'd want to do it in ship cockpit as opposed to, you know, going out and having to go through four different menu screens to try and find some, some relevant information. You know, I want it projected well, in there as part of the game. It, well, it is in the it is in the uh, the cockpit. You can, you can access it through the cockpit. So while you're while you're f- while you're flying about, you can actually call up the Galnet news. Admittedly, it's not as easy as I'd like it to, but um, it's still there. Yeah, but it takes name? you away from looking out of your cockpit. You know, I want to be an in cockpit. I don't want a separate screen that you go away and it takes you out of the fact that you're flying towards Hutton. I mean, I can do that sitting in the station or anything. I basically want it projected in the cockpit, so I can still see out of the screen as I'm flying, but also read on one of the little panels the news. I don't think that's too hard. What? Yeah, sorry, I'm dealing with an elite eagle here at the moment. It's a little bit difficult. Would it be, <laughs> would it, would it be awful if we had some kind of text-to-speech system so that you could sort of say, read that for me while I fly? Because I'm thinking the only way that it's going to be handy to have the uh, an overlay in the cockpit is one that gets, you know, significantly highlighted onto your cockpit glass when it's burnt there by the rays of the sun that you just crashed into. <laughs> possibly, possibly. When you get out of the um, cockpit, they can see what galnet you've been reading because it's burnt on your face, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> you've been looking at page okay, three I've... of galnet again, haven't you? 
I think this has probably degenerated as far as we want it to go. So um, it did a nice segue, actually, to the, the other thing that I wanted to pick up this week in terms of uh, news, community news. Um, and that is you know, uh, text-to-speak, which maybe would be an answer for this one. But you know, text-to-speak, which is done in a really, really sound and really, really good way, such as the stuff that we've got from the yeah, the voice pack. Uh, guys and they have just released another voice back plugin which one this is actually tied into the the eddi which someone reminds me what uh, the eddi stands for this isn't by hcs it's got nothing to do with hcs i just wanted to point that out oh sorry no not hcs but just a, a voice pack plugin so yes a voice uh, attack one that voice attack rather than voice a... attack yeah. Yes, and and it works with the the latest. So I have to get a really, really, really recent release of Voice Attack, or it doesn't work. I've got an older release; it doesn't work. Um, but yeah, have you have you seen what the kind of things it does for us? Mm-hmm. No, it's it's spectacular. I mean, it will essentially you'll arrive in the system, and it will say you have arrived in this system. It is, and it'll give you the allegiance, whether it's you know dangers when it gives you your ratings with the factions and stuff. It's got so <laughs> much in it, uh, damage reports and this kind of stuff. It's it's definitely brilliant, and of course linked into. Uh, all the other various different uh, the map making databases that you can get. So uh, is that EDBM or so? I can't remember. E- anyway, um, EDD, EDDB dot IO. Yes, EDSM. And it hooks uh, into all of these um, and allows you to sort of keep logs of your travels. And it's just taking advantage of. I'm not sure is it more in the API that's available now. I don't know if they've expanded the API, but they're certainly. We know it's officially allowed to make use of it now by other applications. Um, I'm not particularly happy about giving it my username and password all the time, <laughs> and I'd rather they gave us an API key like a lot of things do. So you log into their site, you say, like you do in Twitch, for example, you go onto the Twitch site, you get your API key, and then you give your API key to some other application. Yes. But, you know, for, for, forgetting that... Once you've got it, then it can get all the information that was being made available to the iOS application. And any application now can make use of it. And it's it's not everything, but it's a lot of things. It's, it's, it's exciting, though, because it's that step forward of... Um, certainly for Explore... Well, for me, it's like uh, if I was doing Exploring, every jump would be, you've lost 2% hull. Do you want to turn back, Commander? Um, but it just it adds that kind of sense of more feedback audibly and quickly, and actually, I think, offers up that slight hint of bringing you into the world more. You know, really, really does kind of bring you into the ship, makes it kind of realistic for yourself, and makes you aware of your surroundings. So you're now in Federation space. You are wanted, and that kind of stuff would be would be amazing. So I think you know I'm excited. I'm trying to get it running on my machine so that I can give you you know better feedback. I've got it already hooked into my various different ED, EDDB uh, IO sites as well so that you can use that to update the market information as well so we're getting there I think it's you know I know that we all talked about it back in alpha and I know that Alan Stroud hates this kind of thing that scrapes information and takes the kind of you know discovery side of things out of things and making it too easy but I like this one the way this comes in is more of an aid than a babysitter 
great stuff. Colin, have you uh, dug into any of these things? Could this be a possibility for you to cover on a Top Shift uh, episode? Well, the uh, the uh, the EDSM and the EDDI. Yeah, yeah basically so the, how to how to how to set it all up. Oh uh, yeah, I can cover those kind of things. Um, uh, there's a new version of Trinis which I want to cover first, but once I've got that out of the way, then I can I can certainly look at the different plugins. Perfect, because that just basically means if you, if you do it, then I've got a how-to video, and I don't have to worry about trying to figure it out for myself. Which is, yeah, obviously what Top Shift's all about for me. <laughs> Well, at least you use me as some kind of um, resource. Thank you. <laughs> okay, um, I think that's probably going to do it for the uh, the main community corner stuff. Uh, let's just quickly uh, have a quick chat about LaveCon, as it is only two weeks away, which I cannot Squee! believe. I cannot I believe it, it is three. so close. It's it um, fourteen days, not like that. Two weeks? No, it's two weeks oh. on Friday. Then we're on Tuesday. Oh, so. Jesus. Two weeks, seventeen days. Two weeks, seventeen days. Two weeks, seventeen days. No, it's three weeks. No. Otherwise, then I'd, then I'd be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to two reschedule weeks, two weeks on Friday. Okay, let's yeah. just say soon. Let's just pretend that we know no, when it is. Obviously, you it's the sixteenth and seventeenth of July. You oh, said it's it two weeks. weeks. It's, it's three weeks. Not, it's that's just fine. over two weeks. Just over two weeks. It's two weeks on Friday. But less so than three. But less than three. Less, less than three. three right. Let's go with less than three. Okay, so what's uh, wrong with two weeks on Friday? I don't know what's wrong with that. Because <laughs> <laughs> some people might not be going on Friday. Some people might be going on Saturday. You know, yeah, it's only the people be- that are actually setting stuff up that's going on Friday. Anyway, what is this guy doing? Let's crash on. So, um, obviously, just a, a quick shout-out to our two main sponsors for, for LaveCon, that being the, the wonderful yeah, ED Tracker guys and also the Old One Productions, which is the wonderful Michael Brooks. Um, I have got a quick request to, uh, to put out there, which is if anybody wants to stream live at LaveCon, if any of the, the streamers out there want to do a session on the main stage, it can be anything you want it to be. It can be a, a CQC session. It can be how to explore the void. It could be... You know, this is my ship, and this is a, a conflict zone. This is a how-to. Anything you want to do, if you're you know, one of the you know the very active streaming community, that's extremely dangerous, and you are coming down to LaveCon and you want to have a a spot on the main stage and talk people through it, um, we would be more than happy to hear from you. If you want to drop us an email at info at laveradio.com. and I think that's going to do it for this particular episode. So. Thank you very much indeed to Colin, to Ben, and to Grant for joining me in your Insidewire. Thank you everybody for tuning in. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can. You can email us at info at laveradio.com, Facebook forward slash laveradio, at laveradio on Twitter, and you can join our Discord chat channel by going to tinyurl.com forward slash laveradio. Our TeamSpeak server is now laveradio.teamspeak.com, and of course we record the show live on a Tuesday evening at 830 British time. And it's streamed out at layradio.com forward slash live. Until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
going to see the galaxy. Hello? Hello, Commander Powell. This is June from Cowlin McGrath. I'm calling about your accident. Oh, yeah, well, I can explain that. That Type 6 came out of nowhere. I didn't even see it. Yes, Commander. The pilot said you weren't looking left or right, or up or down. Not even a glance. Just staring straight ahead. Well, you know what visibility is like in those new Diamondbacks. It's like having your neck in a brace. The pilot of the Type 6 doesn't think it's funny. He's got to wear one. Oh. Oh, dear. I regret to inform you, you will lose your no-claims bonus on this. Hey, I've been a customer of yours for years. One of our worst customers. Four counts of ramming, three counts for scraping paint off the dock entry, two counts of missing the pad, and one count of getting stuck in the toast rack. Oh. Tell me, have you ever considered an Ed Tracker? Ed Tracker, the low-cost tracking solution for Elite Dangerous and more. No drivers, no cameras, and lightning fast responses. Ed Tracker Pro. See what you're missing. This will be great for CQC. Track my targets, manoeuvre around objects, and I suppose if something really nice looking flies past, I can have a good stare. You still need to watch where you're going, Commander. Available from edtracker.co.uk and at LaveCon 2016. Ed Tracker intended for social, domestic, and pleasure use. Any use for racing, buckyballs, goat protests or SRV rallies is entirely at your own risk. On the far side of the bubble. On the dark side of an airless moon. On the slightly more interesting side of a ravine. There lived the engineer. The engineer can make your lasers more powerful. Your engines speedier. And your gas tank really, really big. What do you want? I want fish. Wait, what? That's right, fish! Carp, char, chub, jack, loach. Crabby, Muckabate, Brickleback, Soul, Snook, Snake, Tang, Wahoo, Wabagum, Banjo, Banga, Snook, Soul, Shad, Scat, Come on by with the long nose cat. Noodlefish, Nibblefish, Northern Squaw, Huma Huma Nuka Nuka Wapa Wapa. What about Swedish fish? Why the hell not? Thanks, mister. You're in the wrong commercial. Well, shit, fish, because, you know, space. Be careful.
came to our world long ago, tis said, and now they're out there, in the depths of space, far away. Or maybe, they're under the sea, far below. There are the old ones, the oldest of the old, older than us, older, older. That is not dead, which can eternal lie, and with strange aeons, even death may die. Old Ones Productions. Quality art prints, t-shirts, and chess sets for horror and science fiction fans. Because you never know when you might need Cthulhu, Commander. Find us in the Lave Business Directory, or alternatively at www.oldonesproductions.com. Pick fart, pick fart. He sails across the ocean in a ship he can't fit in. He soiled his undergarments and he flies from out his bin. He needs evaluation for the scurvy in his skin. A hideous face, a shark of force, other diseases are there, of course. Pick fart, pick fart, pick fart. He's bad. The drabble crowd of drabblers is groaning, so beware. The chance that you will get a vote is getting rare. So kill that pick fart weekly, or the symptoms you will share. Your duty bound, so do be smart. It's kill sign with a pick fart.